Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. You would turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 22. We'll begin in verse 41, and we'll finish off this chapter today. Matthew chapter 22, beginning in verse 41. The most fundamental question that this text deals with and the most fundamental question of our lives is, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Um, Some people may be happy to see Jesus as a good moral teacher. Some people may be happy to see Jesus maybe as some kind of prophet. Now, some people may be happy to see Jesus as maybe someone who was insane. But Jesus made a claim for himself. Jesus was God in the flesh. Jesus was the Messiah who the Old Testament predicted. Jesus was our Savior and Lord. C.S. Lewis said there's really only three options. Jesus was either a liar, a lunatic, or a Lord. He claimed to be God. And if he was not God and yet claimed to be God and was in his own right mind, then of course he had to be a liar, right? And he claimed to be God, so if he was not in his right mind, then maybe he wasn't a liar, but he was delusional and he couldn't be Lord. So C.S. Lewis famously said, Jesus was either a lunatic, a liar, or he is Lord. And you look at the life of Jesus, and he doesn't look like a lunatic. He's one who taught some of the greatest things, the greatest things, in all of history. And he doesn't look like a liar. He was the one who laid his life down for his sheep. Jesus was Lord. Jesus was God. And I think that's what our text gets down to. Um, In this text, we're seeing again this confrontation with the Pharisees. And these these, uh, all several weeks now, we've been looking at passages where the Pharisees and the Sadducees and these religious leaders were all coming to Jesus with questions. And every time Jesus was able to, to, to turn the question around and make them look foolish. He was able to turn the question around and stump them. And now it's time for Jesus to ask a question. He's now asking them the question. Let's see what happens. Let's begin in verse 41, Matthew 22. It says, Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. He said to them, how is it then that David in the spirit calls him Lord, saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word. 
nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you would uh, plant it down deep in our hearts. Help it to grow. We pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And hearts to understand and obey. Change our minds and our wills by an encounter with your word. As your spirit washes over us, Lord. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. He, again, I, like I said, he's uh, confronting the Pharisees. It says, now, well, the Pharisees were gathered together. Jesus asked them a question. It's his turn now. They kept coming with all these questions. What about taxes? What about uh, the greatest commandment? All these questions that they kept coming to Jesus with, and he was, he was so profound, and he, he, they were amazed at the answers that he would give. And now he's like, I've got a question for you. And he asks, what do you think about the Christ? He gets right to the issue. They keep coming to him, and their real concern is, this guy is making himself out to be God. But they're, they're dancing around the question. They're trying to trap him in all kinds of things. They're saying, well, what about taxes? What is, what is the greatest commandment? They're, they're bringing all these different questions, and they're missing the real issue at hand. And Jesus, the question he turns on them, that is the heart of the matter. Who is the Christ? Jesus asks, he follows up, whose son is he? And they answer right, kind of. They answer the expected answer from the Old Testament. He would be, the the Messiah would be the son of David. And I don't think Jesus says they're wrong, but it's not enough. It's insufficient just to say he was the son of David. Jesus goes on. He he said to them, how then is is it that David in the spirit calls him Lord? He, He points back to David. David who wrote so many of the Psalms. David, he he quotes this Psalm that David wrote. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I, make your, till I put your enemies under your feet. Jesus acknowledged that David was speaking in the Spirit. What David wrote in the Psalms was inspired by God. It, was, it came from the Spirit of God. It was, it was not uh, just David writing about his experiences with God. No, this was God's Word. And just as David wrote of the Psalms and it was God's word. We have God's word right here. All of the words of Scripture are God speaking to us. And here, as Jesus says, how is it that, he, that David said in the Spirit? He's acknowledging the inspiration of Scripture here. He's acknowledging the inspiration of the Psalms. That this is God's word. He says... How is it then that David in the Spirit calls him Lord? Calling someone Lord is is a term of respect. 
It's something that you would say to your betters. Someone, you, you know, Lord, we have, well, there's two different meanings here. One, uh, you, you, we think particularly Jesus Christ is Lord. He is God. He is, he is the, the Yahweh of the Old Testament. He is the Lord. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And yet the word Lord also can just mean master or sir, a term of respect. And Jesus here asked him, how could, if he's his son, then how could he call him Lord? You don't say Lord to your son, do you? I mean, that would just be silly if I said to my son who's here, hey boss, what do you want me to do now? <laughs> I don't mean to embarrass you, Josh. You see the, con- the contrast here. What, what, how is it that David calls his son Lord? If the Messiah, and they understood that this text here was a messianic text, was all being called Lord. It says, the Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand. So the Lord, that is, and we've got the, the, it seems like there's two people here in this. The Lord said to my Lord. He's not talking to himself. But in, within the Trinity, we have God in three persons. One God, three persons. And there's, just like we see in the creation account, whenever we, we hear, um, let us make man in our image. Here we have an internal dialogue within the Trinity. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I put your enemies under your feet. This chapter of the psalm, Psalm 110, is the most quoted chapter of the psalms in all of the New Testament. We see it a lot in Hebrews because it's the same text where the author of Hebrews picks up this language about Melchizedek, showing how Jesus was the great high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. And here, the Lord is saying something to the Messiah, sit at my right hand. He is seated by the Father. And that's where Jesus is right now. He didn't just die and rise again and just hang out. No, he ascended into the heavens and he is right now at the Father's side as our intercessor. Praying for us, pleading for us. Sit at my right hand till I put your enemies under your feet. Jesus will win. He has already won when he defeated death on the cross and rose again. And one of these days he's coming again and there will no longer be any rebellion. One of these days he's coming in. Right now we live in this time between the first coming and the second coming. And right now there is still rebellion against the lordship of Jesus. We live with it. We see it every day. Not only do we see it on the outside, but we live with it on the inside. Because even in our 
regenerate state, even if we are saved, we still sin. And we are looking forward to the day whenever Jesus will come again and all of his enemies will be put under his feet. There will no longer be any injustice. All of those who have rejected Jesus will be put under his feet. They will be put into submission. Every knee will bow to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And our own sins... In some way, he will put our sins under his feet and yet preserve us as his sons and daughters, as the sons and daughters of God adopted into his family. Jesus says to the Pharisees, if David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? What Jesus was getting at with the Pharisees was, yes, the Messiah is the son of David, but he's more than that. We see passages like Isaiah chapter 9, which says, we, we think about it at Christmas time, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. This son of David is more than just a son of David. He's the son of God. Matthew, in his genealogy in chapter 1, tells us that Jesus was the son of David. Yes, it's true. He's the son of David. He's made this point over and over again in the Gospel of Matthew. And yet there's two places. Jesus' baptism. Jesus' baptism. The clouds separate and you hear this voice from God. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus was not just the son of David, but he was the son of God. And we see at the transfiguration when Jesus was up on the mountain and he was transfigured before his disciples. And again, they heard this voice saying, this is my son. Jesus was not a mere man. Jesus was God and man in one. He was fully God and fully man. And that mystifies us. We can't understand that. We can't comprehend that. We trust it. Because that's what the Bible teaches. He was not half God, half man. He was fully God and fully man. He had to be fully God because our sin was infinite against an infinite God. Even whatever sin we did, whatever it was, Because we sinned against an infinitely holy God, it deserved an infinite punishment. And only God could take that for us. No regular human being could take on all of our sin. Only God could. And he had to be fully man. Because only a man could stand in the place of sinners, in the place of human beings. This is what the church has taught. This is what I believe the Bible teaches. He had to be fully God 
and fully man. He was the Son of David and He was the Son of God. Jesus came. He stepped out of heaven. John 1.14 tells us, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory. He lived among human beings. He was tempted in all ways that we are. And we look at his temptation there as in the wilderness. He was tempted by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, all of those things. And he went through that victoriously. He never sinned. And yet this innocent man was led to a cross because he claimed to be God. He was taken to a cross and he was nailed to the cross. And as he was nailed to the cross, he yelled out, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. No man could do that. He died. Scripture says he gave up his spirit willingly. He died He laid him in a tomb. He rose again on the third day, proving that his claim was right. When he rose from the dead, he showed everybody he truly was God in the flesh. And why did he do this? To save you and me. To take our place. We deserved infinite punishment in hell forever. Not just for all of our sins, but if we only sin one time, we would deserve the same thing. Because we sinned against a holy and infinitely holy God. Jesus is our Savior. Fully God, fully man. He came and He shed His blood and His body is broken for us. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.